Blog Talk Radio. And welcome, everyone. Absent our usual sign-on uh, tune here. This is Greg Masters, and you are listening to This Week in Accountable Care on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And uh, we are, we've scheduled a somewhat of a last-minute impromptu uh, show today to talk about uh, what's happening in the accountable care world. And join, joining me uh, on this program is uh, Dr. Farzad Mastashari, who is the founder and CEO of an ACO management company called Alidade. Farzad, are you with us? I am. Hello. And I love it that I'm not being introduced as the former this or the former that. Yes. <laughs> yes, time marches on. So, uh, so here we are. Um, I put uh, actually was contacted earlier and given a heads up about this uh, Privia announcement, which uh, candidly is a company I had not heard of, and uh, it was all about a rather sizable position taken in the company by uh, some some VCs who uh, whose name. Um, um, we perhaps will recognize from its being tethered to Goldman Sachs, but uh, I did a blog post uh, uh, today on ACO Watch talking about uh, is the uh, IPA the preferred uh, ACO chassis, and that sort of reminded me of uh, what you guys are doing over there at Alidade. So I thought what we'd do is just briefly get your thoughts and reading of the tea leaves, so to speak, on this Privia Health announcement, anything you can share about them, and then let's uh, sort of bridge it over to what you're doing at Alidate and uh, see where else we go with it. So um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen the announcement. What's, what, what's your take and what can you tell us? <laughs> well, I actually, uh, it, it's funny. I happened to have uh, dinner with Jeff Butler last night, the, the CEO. And we got a little group together of, of uh, people who are fellow travelers. And it, we, I, I had um, uh, a little bit of, a, of an inkling that this was coming. So this is really exciting news, I think. And it's validation, first and foremost, of the idea that primary care physicians are the beating heart. Independent primary care physicians can be the beating heart of uh, delivery and payment reform, one. And two, uh, that there is something to helping these independent practices stay independent but join larger networks that can give them the tools and the resources they need to successfully navigate this new uh, age in, in healthcare of value-based reimbursement. So I thought that this, this was uh, really exciting for Jeff. I, I, he was part of the... Uh, Brookings ACO Learning Network that I started for physician-led ACOs, and a great, a great guy, great contributor, great company, and and I couldn't be happier for them, but also for this, um, this movement. So a little bit about the 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 piece that I sort of um, attached to is this revisiting of essentially what I'll, I'll call IPAs, independent practice associations. And once upon a time, they were actually put out there as vehicles for docs to participate in managed health care, but to really maintain their independence. So what I'm wondering is, is this, do we roll this forward in terms of the ACO world? And if so, uh, how does it make sense to you? 
No, it's a good observation. And here's the here's a difference from uh, the the IPA world. If you read what what they talked about, it was you know about partnering with forward-looking health plans. And what that really means is risk contracts, is value-based reimbursement, is shared savings and shared risk contracts. It's moving towards capitation subcap arrangements. And so it's a little bit different in that a lot of times IPAs came together really just to negotiate for higher fee-for-service rates with health plans, which put them in almost an adversarial position vis-a-vis -vis the health plan, right? It's a I win or you win. Uh, if, I, if I help these docs get, you know, get 2% more than, I've, you know, than I won and you lost to the health plan. Now the health plans are welcoming these uh, organizations that can help uh, organize and empower the, the independent practices, right? Before, the health plans maybe didn't want the independent practices to be empowered. Now they want them to be empowered and organized so they can actually take shared risk with them. And, and the other difference is it's not just financial integration or financial, you know, creating a financial or business vehicle. It's actually doing quality improvement work. There are very few IPAs that will do the kind of, and there are some, uh, the Taconic IPA, uh, John Blair's work is, is one example where they did do that. But it's the exception rather than the rule that an IP will get so involved in practice improvement and IT and, uh, and the risk analytics and the network management aspect. Uh, it's not just about negotiating for, for pricing. It's actually about a full suite of services. That's clearly what's different today versus what we, we saw a decade or more ago, that, uh, that the infrastructure, the software, the platform, the capabilities, the progress in the quality domain all have moved forward steadily. So today it's a different blending of infrastructure, skill sets, and, and, uh, and enabling culture, if you will. But the, let's, let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about what you've experienced in launching Alidate as, <laughs> yeah. as you bring this conversation forward to primary care doctors. Are, are, are they excited? Are they, are they wrapping their brains around this and seeing upside, or, or are they sort of uh, circling the wagon and saying, hell no? Yeah, so since we last spoke, you know, we'd, we'd done the launch of Alidate, and we had a little bit of a test, right? Is this something that independent primary care doctors are going to be interested in? And the answer was yes. Uh, quite clearly, we went out, we targeted uh, individual practices, we went into their, you know, and I sat in their waiting rooms and got a sense of who they are and what their practice is like and uh, had a chance to talk to them about what their concerns were, what their fears were about the future, but also what's the opportunity that they see. And everyone, I guess, I would say the unifying theme among the, the practices who signed with us, I think they're similar to the practices who signed with Privia, and others is they actually really wanted to do the right thing by their patients, and they thought that they could do that best by staying independent. But at the same time, they recognized that they can't be atomic. They can't be all they're out there all on their own anymore, that they need to find someone to partner with. And this gives them an opportunity to partner with other like-minded, independent primary care providers like themselves, as well as a professional infrastructure with professional you know, grade uh, tools and regulatory understanding and financial management and so forth. 
So again, I've, so, I'm not so familiar with the, uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Just to give you the the the, the, the upshot of it for us was that uh, we have now about 25,000 Medicare attributed Medicare lives in shared savings programs in four states: in Arkansas, Delaware, New York, and Maryland. And we're really excited about these docs. We love these docs, and we really um, we really think that that uh, we can do uh, pretty. Pretty, pretty good thing uh, for patients and, and for their practices um, together. So you're getting a net positive reaction? Uh, very much so, very much so. And do you find that these are docs who have historically been uh, involved in, in managed health care, perhaps an IPA or two, or, or are they relative newcomers? There's a mix. There, there are some that, that definitely remember and have some scars to show uh, from jumping <laughs> in too quickly in, in the past. Um, yeah. and, and there are others who, the first time, they're, they're really joining up uh, with, with, with others. So, so this is sort of micro through the lens of Alliday. Talk a little bit about, you wrote the, uh, the ACO hypothesis, what we're learning a while back on the, on the healthcare blog. Do you, do you want to maybe paint the broad brush here, or, or, um, or is it any different from what we've already heard? Well, okay, there are a couple of things that, I, that I'm seeing in, in higher relief uh, now that, you know, I'm not uh, um, at Brookings looking, you know, at the national landscape but actually, you know, in practices uh, and, and working to build these ACOs. Uh, one of them is really how, when these practices who are independent, how many times they have rebuffed <laughs> offers and, and enticements uh, to join, um, in, many, in many cases, hospital systems. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable the degree to which um, there is this, this pressure on them, and it really feels almost like a physical pressure to join uh, the, 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 the local health systems, clinically integrated network or ACO or other, other similar arrangement. Um, and their fear that if they don't, uh, that bad things could happen to them, that they could be left out of networks, that they could be, um, you know, have lower reimbursement rates, um, uh, in some cases, there have even been um, insinuations they could lose their admitting privileges to the hospital. So there's some, there's some kind of bare-knuckle stuff going on out there, um, some of which I think does raise concerns from a policy point of view in terms of over-consolidation and potentially uh, anti-competitive um, action. So that was, that, that was a little bit um, eye-opening to me. And, and many of them, you know, the, the alternative is, is, you know, join a join the hospital ACO, but then when they've joined, uh, you know, there's nothing going on really. Uh, there, there's no uh, work being done with them to actually coordinate and, and uh, improve care. It seems in, in many cases um, kind of ACO in name only. And I, I do think that uh, we, we got the next batch. Again, we had 24% of um, the results that come from CNS came out today, uh, uh, as you know. Uh, and uh, again, only about a quarter of the ACOs demonstrated a sufficient level of savings to generate uh, a payment. And I think in large part that's because there's some other ACOs in there who really aren't in it to win it. Um, in many cases, it may be a, a, either a defensive move or 
they're just doing what they, you know, uh, that they feel that there's some other benefits to them of, of having that designation or that data, but they're not really um, very serious about uh, about the, the, the shared savings program. And I think this this you really have to be serious about this in order to to succeed. And 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 what's your sense of uh, uh, at least in, in your travels? Uh, what's your sense of uh, the relative seriousness with which this opportunity is being met? Is, is it is it mostly uh, properly mission oriented, or is it simply a defensive tactic to buy some time? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to give uh, percentages to it, but I will say that by and large the challenge that physician, uh, independent physician organizations have is a challenge of resources and know-how. And by and large, the challenge that hospital-sponsored ACOs have is more a challenge of having the really the institutional will. Um, and I think the, in, 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 and in my book, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather work on getting the resources to people who don't have the resources. <laughs> well said. So um, I think we've pretty much at least uh, covered the, the key points we wanted to get into in terms of this announcement. And uh, so what, what do you see just looking forward in terms of uh, maybe a timeline in settling out whether physician-led ACOs are in the aggregate going to lead the pack or whether they're um, going to subordinate to some of their system-led uh, competitors? Well, I, I would expect there to be a range, uh, just like anything. There's, you know, there's good plumbers and bad plumbers, and there's going to be, you know, good uh, physician-led independent ACOs and bad ones. But um, I do think that this, uh, particularly when you get efforts like what uh, what we're doing, like what Privia is doing, and what others are, are are doing, is to really bring in uh, professional-grade IT analytics data systems, uh, everything that and capital resources, right, obviously huge amounts of venture and equity uh, uh, funds who are ready to invest in this space um, and are banking on uh, primary care providers really being able to uh, take a leadership role in, in this. And uh, I, I, there's no one I'd rather uh, be in the boat with uh, than, than them. So it's an exciting time. There you have it. I totally agreed. Well, Farzad, I know you have to run. Uh, thank you so much for uh, carving out some time today to give this uh, timely update on what's happening in the ACO space. And best of luck over at uh, Allidade, and please keep us informed on your progress. We sure will. Thank you. Thanks again. Well, we've been listening to Dr. Farzad Mastashari. And this is on a day when we've had a rather interesting series of headlines in the news around accountable care and accountable care organizations, and specifically the announcement over uh, by Privia Health on their $400 million investment through an affiliate of Goldman Sachs to launch a national expansion of uh, entities typically seen as permitting doctors to maintain private practice, and one could make the argument that that's essentially code for physician-led ACOs and their derivatives, including patient-centered medical homes. So we're going to stay on this story. I encourage you to check out acowatch.com for the write-up and links to the reference announcements today, both uh, 
at Privia and uh, over there in terms of context on Allidate. Greg Masters for this week in Accountable Care, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Bye now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.